Hey guys, thank you so much for checking out the Pondo Podcast. My name is Ryan Targeton, and I get a chance to host the student ministry centered branch of this Pondo Podcast. Um, our hope with this specific branch of, of conversations is, is centered on student ministry and uh, getting to interview people who are currently out uh, doing student ministry, whether that be in churches or other places. And it's our hope to just be an encouragement uh, to hear other voices of people that are kind of doing what you're doing if you're a student pastor listening to this, this podcast. This first episode, I had a chance to sit down with R.J. McCauley. He is a student pastor at Magnolia Church in Riverside, California. Uh, we have a great relationship with R.J. He brings students to Camp Pondo, and, and we've had a chance to go down to his church and minister to his students there. And in this episode, what, what I really wanted to talk to R.J. about is his process for building up student leaders. I think RJ does a phenomenal job uh, developing young student leaders. So we talked to him about his process. We talked to him about uh, what he's looking for in students and giving them opportunities to step up and lead. And we talk about a few other things along the way. We hear RJ's story and uh, just talk about the future of student ministry in the next couple of years. So hopefully this is an encouragement to you. Sit back and enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome to the brand new Pondo podcast. We are starting a branch of the podcast that's going to be focusing on youth ministry and youth ministry culture. And uh, today I am joined by RJ McCauley, the student ministries pastor at Magnolia Church in Riverside, California. How are you doing today, RJ? What's going on, Tark? How yeah, are you? man. Doing really good. And uh, as we were planning out this podcast and thinking about people to to spend time having conversations with you were one of the first people that came to our mind. Wow. Awesome. And yeah, man, you you just, we just have a, a great relationship with you um, and your church and the connection there between, between uh, you guys and Pondo. Amen. And thank you guys for, for being sure. such a big supporters of us. We've had an opportunity, not only you guys bring students to camp, uh, when we have camp, <laughs> when, when, <laughs> yeah. when remember things, that one time yeah, when we had summer camp, when things aren't <laughs> shut down by a pandemic, uh, you guys bring students to Pondo uh, and then we've had an opportunity to bring our team down to Magnolia and to serve you guys uh, leading worship and, and uh, just getting to know you guys even better. And so, um, again, grateful to have you uh, as part of this first podcast. Man. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. So uh, here at Magnolia, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, and and you, can, you can even go back to, to prior to your time at Magnolia. But I was just kind of curious of uh, what led you into student ministry? Um, and, and how long have you, you've been around it and involved in it and, and, uh, and yeah, so share a little bit about your story. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I yeah. really appreciate it. Um, stories are everything, right? That's yeah. where we learn about people's lives and, and what they've gone through and experiences and, and we can relate to them. Um, yeah. and that's why obviously God's word is a giant story. And so, um, all of us have a story to tell and, Part of my story was that I got saved when I was a high schooler, a senior um, here in Riverside at Arlington High School, mm -hmm. and I decided to give my life to Christ, and everything changed, and I started to see the world differently, right. and I'm like, wow, I got to really change the way that I'm living and stop these things that I'm doing, but also pursue new things, the right things, the good things, and uh, my life really changed, and what ended up happening was it just radically uh, altered my life. And I started to see people 
like needing God yeah. um, because I lived this whole life without God, it felt like. Um, I was born and raised here in Riverside, yeah. lived here my whole life. Right. And so been here 34 years. It's been awesome. My family's from Orange County, and so they moved yeah. out here and had me and my brother. Yeah. Uh, my brother um, and I were uh, just total um, – you know, boys growing up, baseball, basketball, yeah, playing sports, things. fighting, yeah. arguing, you know, right. having fun just as kids, traveling, hunting, fishing with dad, you know, just the normal stuff. And yeah. um, But one thing we didn't have was like a solid uh, church presence in our lives. Um, but we went to a private school and we learned about the Bible there. Yeah. And that's where we kind of got the most knowledge about God was from that time when we were at a private school. Right. So during that time, um, we're just, you know, learning about certain things, memorizing certain things like Bible verses and stuff like that. And that's going to come into my story in yeah, a second yeah. because uh, God's word doesn't come back void. No. And in the midst of all of that, um, I had a friend in high school get saved and he his life totally changed. And he mm. bugged me forever my junior year, end of junior year, uh, to go to church with him yeah. um, going into my senior year. So... Long story short on that, I finally said yes, made a deal with him, and said, all right, I'm going to go, but then you got to stop asking me. Like, I'm getting it out of your system. <laughs> right. I'm your friend. Yeah, yeah I'm going to check this I'll off I'll check box this off. Just like, so you can stop Yeah, so you can me. stop. And, then, and I didn't know that that was God using the persistence of a friend to lead me to him. Yeah. And so I go to the service. Um, it's actually a harvest down the street here okay. in Riverside. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, if this is true, everything changes. Mm. And that whole week, everything started to come back to me. I was having flashbacks to when I was in elementary school with my brother, you know, at the private school learning Bible verses and lessons and characters of the Bible. And we even had Bibles, but we weren't going to church every week growing up. My mom tried to get us in a couple of places, but it didn't stick. And, And then... You know, this happened, and I'm like, oh, man, like, my life's flashing before my eyes. I got to do something about this. And I go back the next week, and I tell my friend, hey, I'm bringing you with me. (laughs) And so we go back, and I hear the message, and I end up giving my life to Christ, and I end up going back to the counselor room. They give me a Bible. They tell me what my next step is and all this stuff, and there's a high school ministry for you. And I jumped right in. And what I started to see was – like myself and other students, like how they needed God. And all of a sudden I found God. And at that counseling um, session that I had with one of the leaders of the church, they ended up telling me, um, you know, make sure you understand the book of Romans. I'll help you understand what the gospel is. Right. So right away I started reading the book of Romans. Well, I didn't know that I was going to get injured a couple weeks later. I was just becoming a starter in varsity for basketball, uh-huh. worked so hard to get there. We just beat in a tournament, the fifth-ranked uh, uh, team in the entire state, wow. uh, Irvine Woodbridge. Um, they had, like, seven-footers. Like, it was just yeah. amazing. Like, <laughs> the fact that a little six-foot white guy like me was balling up these guys. Like, right. it was just an incredible time in the tournament that we played. And we, everyone felt really good going to that season. All of us seniors, like, we've been playing together for a couple of years. And, and – I got injured and I was out the whole season until mid season. I was able to make a return and then I got injured. I re injured it. I tweaked it. And so it was never the same the rest of the season. And then sports was gone. I found out my identity was so wrapped up in sports um, that I was missing the big picture. So what did I have time to do? Well, I was stat boy um, (laughs) on the bench, right? And cheering my teammates on. One most inspirational player of the year, which is really cool. Um, and I didn't play that much, but right. because I was just leading off the court 
you know, I was being an example to everyone, and that was God working through me. The other part of that was uh, I read Romans, and I was learning so much about my faith, about my life, and what I needed to change. So yeah. instead of uh, chilling and trying to get girls' numbers and, you know, <laughs> hanging out with other people from different schools <laughs> yeah. and getting around the wrong crowd and talking about the party afterwards, I was just chilling, you know, in the bleachers, waiting till varsity played, and I was reading my new Bible. And yeah. a lot of people noticed that, and were like, what's going on, you know? And I shared with them this example is um, the first time I went to church uh, and my friend invited me and I said, no, I don't want to go. And I went, right? Yeah. Um, the the pastor shared John 3.16. Mm-hmm. And I remember that verse because I see it at football games in right. the stadium. You know, someone has it. They're holding a sign up or something and it says John 3.16 on it or something. Um, you know, people have it as like a bumper sticker or whatever. It's like a very famous verse. Yeah. But I didn't know that what it meant uh, was for me. I just thought it was just something you know, that was good or whatever. Right. And then the next week when I went back and he shared it, it made perfect sense to me. And yeah. that's when I knew I was saved, like that was that Jesus died for me. Yeah. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son for me. Right. And that changed everything. Yeah. So then my whole senior year, I was growing and learning and trying to figure things out. And the high school ministry at Harvest was like, yeah, we got a place for you, for a student to belong. And we want you to, you know, be involved and, and to meet these people. So I started meeting these leaders. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, who's a great mentor of mine, he's a pastor out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Josh Thompson. Okay. He came to my school and preached. And I was like, whoa, you can do that? That's crazy. Right, yeah. And he was just like such a, a role model. And he was just like, don't worry, man. Just just follow the king. Just follow Jesus. It's going to yeah. work out. <laughs> he went to Ramona High School, graduated from there, and uh, started serving in the high school ministry. And I was working at Harvest at that time. Yeah. So what was crazy was I didn't know that once I graduated that I was going to have this moment where I was in front of all my friends and uh, say, like, hey, I'm going to follow God. Um, we're getting ready for this huge party after a football game. Mm-hmm. We go down on the field. I can't remember if we won or not. We were pretty terrible. Right. Um, but <laughs> let's just say we won and yeah. uh, make it sound good, right? Right. <laughs> we go down on the field and... I'm down there with, you know, my friends and we're all saying what's up or chatting it up. And we've been planning this big party for a long time with alumni and stuff. And, and I knew I wasn't going to go, um, but I never told anyone I wasn't going to go. Mm. And then they asked me the question, dude, are you ready for tonight? You come in. And that was my moment where I had to put my finger in the sand and just yep. say, Hey guys, I'm not coming. And they were like, dude, you're playing. No, you're yeah. messing around. Right. And I'm like, no, no, for real, man. Like, I gave my life to Jesus Christ and you should too, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's changed my life so far and you don't want to live with regrets tonight. Yeah. And then some of them pretended they got a phone call and like turned around and others are like, Oh, well that's nice. Um, yeah. trying not to be a total jerk. Others are just like, whatever. Yeah. And it's like walked off. Right. And I'll never forget that moment. That was the first moment I stood up for my faith. Yeah. And my friends that were with me were just kind of like, dang, like, we're not going? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not going. If you want to go, that's you, man. Yeah. If you want to go, but I'm not going. Right. And that was kind of the first step in me moving forward with my faith. And so I graduate high school, and I immediately start serving in the high school ministry. I'm given a life group right away of Love freshman it. high schoolers who yeah. are in eighth grade going into ninth grade. So I was immediately, like, pouring into them, witnessing to them, sharing the gospel with them, telling them the things that I was learning and and things they needed to know mm-hmm. uh, since there was a, a separation of age there a little bit. Right. Um, and my brother didn't want anything to do with it. So then I finally invite him to come and, 
and to be a part of it. And he comes to summer camp with us. Yeah. And so now I just graduated, but the seniors were allowed to go to the last summer camp um, of that senior year. And my brother came with me, and one of my best friends in high school came with me. And all three of us got baptized. It was oh, pretty awesome. Amazing. And my brother gave his life to Christ and got baptized, and I got baptized next to him. And we just looked at each other, and we said, no turning back. Let's mm. move forward full throttle for God. Love it. Now we fast forward to today. He's a pastor at Harvest. Yeah. And um, I'm a pastor at Magnolia, yeah. and God's done an amazing work through that time. So when I got saved in high school, it radically showed me how important it was to reach lost friends and I saw myself in students so that's what led me on this journey towards youth ministry so I served at Harvest for 10 years as a volunteer as I went to college and had a career in engineering architectural design and then I went to CBU changed careers to be in ministry became an educator and did elementary school and uh, taught Bible and chapel and all that stuff. And then the opportunity at MAG opened up and I took it and now I've been here for seven years. And so God's been on this, uh, God's been uh, taking me on this journey, um, showing myself um, like all these students that need hope, all these students that need the gospel. And uh, I see myself in them and that's what drives me and motivates me to tell them about the good things of God. And so after serving all that time, uh, God's blessed me with the opportunity to be here and to do a lot of gospel ministry on the campuses all over the city. And it's been a blessing to be a part of all of that over the years. And so God's been so good through this season that I've been. So now this is coming up on uh, uh, 16 years of youth ministry um, for 10 volunteering and then um, seven of them on staff. And so yeah. I'll be starting the 17th, uh, coming up here in, uh, 2021. So right. pretty amazing. And that's awesome. And I, I think it's so encouraging. I, and I think, um, with you, um, going through what you went through and, and saying like really early on as you were, as you were young, you're like, Hey, I, I see myself in these students and that gives me this heart for them. Like I, I see where I was and what, what I knew God was calling me to, and I see it in them. And so I want to reach them. I want to pour into them because I exactly. felt that that's, yeah. that's the heart of like of student ministry. And, and I love it so much. And, and even now being 17 years in you, that's still your heart. It's like, I still like, I may be older, but I still see their need because of what I, I experienced as a, as a student myself. And so very cool. Um, so to talk to, more into you now as, as you've grown and developed as a student pastor. Um, I, I believe over the course of time, you, you start to develop things. Um, I think what you described there is seeing yourself in students and their need for Jesus is a, is a value. What are some other, like, would you say as you, as you go about your ministry, what are some other core values that you specifically have um, as a leader, like the things that, that, that make, just makes total sense to you and that you're passionate about and what drive you, um, as a, as a student pastor? Yeah. So the reason why I'm so passionate about student ministry is because I believe in the next generation so much, um, wanting to reach the next generation so much, including this current generation, Gen Z being the most godless generation, like just not affiliated with religion. It's not just atheism. It's just like, no, I'm just not affiliated with anything. And so we have this this situation where there's a a massive, massive knowledge gap um, about the things of God, even within the church, you know? So now the passion has increased over this time. 
uh, to want to reach them, equip them, and help them with ministry. Um, my personal core values, um, there's, there's a couple of verses that yeah. um, really change everything uh, for me. And one of those verses has uh, really been put into my DNA yeah. at my time at Harvest because Greg Laurie is an evangelist. Right. And what happened was I was studying First and Second Timothy and learning about Paul and his last words to Timothy as a young man. He says, be an example, yeah. right, in your youth. And he tells us in First uh, Timothy 4 about this uh, passage about being, a, being an example to the youth. And we use this verse in youth ministry, right, yeah. to try and help students identify yeah, yeah. with Christ and stuff. But he's really talking to me, a 30-year-old who's in That's leadership, right. That's right. right, and who's going to be um, taking on a shepherding role of souls. And, yeah. and he says, that, uh, you know, don't let anyone despise you for your youth, but set the believer's example in speech, conduct, love, faith, purity. So, so there's your life that you have to have an order. And yet there's another part of this in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 5, and he tells us to do the work of an evangelist. Mm. And that's one of the things that is a real core value of mine yep. is evangelism. Um, a lot of people aren't. They talk about it, but right. they're just not going on campuses. They're not right. going to the greatest mission field in the United States, which is the schools. Right. And so um, Timothy received this instruction from Paul, and he says, uh, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Yeah. And so that's the core for me. Yeah, that's absolutely. a life verse for me um, about what I needed to do in student ministry, let alone ministry in general. Yeah. Um, so there's a part of me where I need to be an example to everyone, because I believe with the next generation, it, and more digitally we get, more virtual we get with our educational system and learning abilities, right? Everything's going that direction right. over the last decade. And now it's arrived right. to where, like, the pandemic's happened and everyone's learning digitally, virtually. Yeah. It's different. Um, people become the visual learner indefinitely, and they learn more caught than taught, mm. right? They see it modeled now, we know that that was always the case with Jesus. He right. always taught the disciples things, but he modeled it for them. Yeah. He showed them how it looked because they had terrible examples with the religious leaders. Right. So Jesus had to be the, the reversal of that and model it for them. So Paul was the same for Timothy. Yeah. So I'm the same for my students. So I want to model to them what it looks like to be an authentic Christian and here at Magnolia Church, our mission statement is becoming an authentic follower of Jesus. Yeah. So that just means you're being a true follower. You're not hiding anything. You're not wearing a mask. You know, you're not trying to be someone that you're not. Right. You're not being a hypocrite, being right. fake. Uh, you're being real. You're being an authentic person who's been yeah. redeemed by Jesus. And so this verse, um, when I first heard it a long time ago um, by Greg Laurie and a message he was talking about, he says, do the work of an evangelist. He, says, he doesn't say that. Every single person needs to be an evangelist. Those people are called to it yeah. as uh, different leaders in the church. It says in Ephesians 4, some are called to be that. But it says do the work. So we're always supposed to be sharing the gospel and reaching people. And as he talks about this, he says you need to be sober-minded and have a clear judgment, clear understanding. Yeah. You can't have this uh, mind that's polluted, that's corrupted, that has all kinds of voices in it. Um, you have to make sure that you're listening and you're connected to God mm -hmm. and hearing his voice. 
And it also says endure suffering, that ministry is not going to be easy and getting into it isn't yeah. going to be like just so fun and amazing and all this stuff. Right. There's always going to be those moments. Yeah, you have moments, but, but it's, Jesus was murdered. Apostle <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul was flogged right. like and beaten. Right. Um, the gospel is a message of endurance, right? It's tested time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tried and true. Yeah. Um, so when you go into the ministry, you have to expect life isn't going to be easy. The rewards are in heaven. Um, but we don't think that way in our consumeristic culture and here in the way that vocations are set up for ministry. Right. Like, it's a little different. Yep. And persecution isn't the same as it is around the world. Like right. right now in Nigeria, where people are losing their lives for believing in Jesus and right. did nothing wrong. Yeah. And so we have all these things to think through. And so this is really setting me up to like, okay, I have to be in it, all in, endure, yeah. run the race well. Right. And it says to fulfill your ministry. And so I feel like my ministry in this verse, Second uh, Timothy 2, 4, like, uh, and, and verse 5, really tries to help you see what the fulfill your ministry is. And verse 4 kind of laid that out. And it says, and we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wandering into myths. And what happens is, as you get older, people try to tell you what to believe. People try to tell you what to do. People right. try to tell you, like, how to live. And if it's not God... Um, you don't listen to it. So I've had to work hard at my life to listen to God and his calling on my life. Yeah. And I was even forsaking and leaving my career that I had. I went to college for a totally different thing. Right. But when I lost my career job because of the economy and the recession we had in 2009, 2010, um, I ended up looking at my life and just asking God, like, I'm tired of planning my life. I'm trying to control my life. Mm-hmm. What do you want for my life? And it was as clear as day. I still remember it. He's like, I don't want you to be an architect of buildings. I want you to be an architect of lives. Mm. And and I don't want you to be an engineer of plans. I want you to be an engineer of people, like yeah. in helping them find out what works for their life and give them transformation. So First um, Timothy 4.12, awesome verse about my life, who I am as a person. Second Timothy 4.5, about doing the work of evangelism, you know, yeah. be sober-minded during suffering, fulfilling your ministry, don't give up, you know, move on. Uh, one of the ways you do that is turn away from um, these myths. Don't listen, don't get caught up, don't um, mind the, the, the busyness of this world that's mm-hmm. going to distract you from your calling. Uh, focus on that. And then um, the another thing about that, my core value is, is that when it comes to the ministries in Acts 6-4, and we're currently going through the book of Acts, and I got to teach on this last week, which was fun with yeah. my students. And what this verse does is it basically, it's God's word over man's word. And the apostles are trying to pick leaders for the early church. Mm-hmm. And they could have easily done what they did in chapter one and cast lots, right? An old way of trying to pick someone. <laughs> it's like picking straws, right. you know, and whoever gets it, oh, that's the person, you know, right. um, kind of a silly way to do it. But they just didn't have the Holy Spirit at that time, mm-hmm. right? Then they get the Holy Spirit, Acts 2. Now they're looking for men and women who are filled with the Spirit, who are people of faith, who are on fire for God. And it says, what were they going to do? Well, it says in Acts 6, 4, but they'll devote themselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Mm-hmm. And I feel as a personal core value of my life, like those are the things that I'm dedicated to the most. So when I have like major frustration, yeah. if I have like just serious anxiety if I'm going through some type of turmoil, like, what do I do? I go to my prayer room. Mm-hmm. I go to my prayer closet. I go to my prayer mountain, whatever yeah. you, wherever you go right. to get away from everything right. and spend time with God. 
and get into his word and like be fully devoted to it. Yeah. And God's always confirmed things through that method. And that has really valued that those um, core values have really helped me yeah. as a youth ministry leader, because in youth ministry, you can focus more on the games and the gospel and you can focus more on um, all the activities than the actual calling right. that God has in your life. And the things that you learn in youth ministry um, helps you in the future or what yeah. you're going to do in the church in general as you become a pastor of maybe a church or you become an associate pastor, executive pastor, whatever it is after youth ministry, if there's something after youth right. ministry. And so I had to look at my life and look at these principles and say, like, these are things I have to be committed to and be the foundations of everything. Yeah. So when it comes into being a leader, this is kind of the way I look at it as yeah. like I'm building – the the body is like a building um, – uh, and uh, we're building God's house, right? Yep. And, and we know it's not about the building, it's the people. Um, and, it, and the foundation of all that is relationships. And so in youth ministry, it's yeah. all about relationships and showing that you care about kids, gaining their trust, building relational equity with them. That's where it all is at. And that's exactly what First Timothy 4.12 was about, being mm. an example in all mm. these areas. Mm. It's relationships. So Timothy, you can't just be the guy who's up there teaching. You got to be... Um, the person off the stage, in the trenches, minding his own business, doing what he needs to do, but putting people first and serving God yeah. and not going after the limelight, not going after the spotlight. The other part of that um, is that now you, you have that foundation, you start to build up. You know, Now you have like the discipleship environment. Right. So there has to be a place where you're going to take students to the next level. So we do certain things here at the church that are different Bible studies that are deeper, right. more theological, doctrinal, to help them understand things like apologetics, yep. to get to the next level. We go to different conferences to help them with that. Um, but we want to get them to that next level where they're doing it on their own. This isn't your parents' faith. You have to own your own faith. Right. And that's a real big a key thing to student ministry because for the longest time they're coming because their parents are bringing them. Yep. And then finally the light comes on, the, the switch gets flipped and they're just like, no, I'm coming because I want to be there yeah, because totally. I've had a, a unique encounter with Jesus. Yep. Right. And so that's why it's so important about these uh, core values that I have. And, and that's getting to the point where you're fulfilling your ministry, you're fulfilling your life and reaching people, as yep. I said, in second Timothy four or five. And then, the other part about uh, Acts 6-4, the, the last part that kind of puts it all together now um, is that you're, you're now focusing on outreach and evangelism, and you're dedicated to the essentials. Because if you put all your time in the non-essentials, uh, you're going to get those non-essential results. Yeah. right? You may get a lot of information. <clears throat> you may get a lot of notice online. You may get a lot of uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. You may get a lot of people, like, going through um, – going through your Instagram and liking a lot of yeah. things and seeing all this stuff, but like, where's your deep impact in these yeah, people you might who get you're some raising shallow, up? Some so, shallow essential things or whatever, but you're looking for things that are rooted deeply into Yeah, so like Jesus. calling students to prayer, devoting to God's word, you know, and evangelism, reaching out, like those have been huge, huge principles of yeah. mine and been um, core values that have helped me in my ministry. Love that. And, and, and you've, I mean, you've, uh, again, I, I have a relationship with you from, from our time with Pondo and just um, getting to sit down with lunch with you before and, and, and hearing your, more of your story. And so you, you definitely um, model those things, that everything you talked about in terms of your core values. I, I love seeing, um, well, when, again, when 
when school was a thing, going oh, to yeah. school was a thing, you would you, yeah. would, you would just constantly be posting um, on campuses, on campuses and, and different places and, and uh, just go inviting where students people are. and yes. going where, where students are. And I think that's uh, that's really, really, really powerful to, uh, to for students to see like, you know, it's one thing for them to, to show up to, to a church campus and know that you're the guy, like you're, he's our student pastor and they know you're going to be here when you're, when you're here. But for you to say, Hey, this is more than just a here thing. This is a everywhere I go thing. And I'm going to go to where they are. So being on their campus, being on their turf, on their grounds and, and showing those things, still modeling those things of like that Jesus matters, that prayer matters, that discipleship matters, event, reaching your friends matter. Um, so you've always done, I felt like you've, you've always modeled that and done a great job of that. Um, and I appreciate that. And I know your students appreciate that as well. Mm, thanks man. Yeah. Um, another big thing that I've, I see, um, that you do, I, I believe you do a really good job of is, is student leadership. So um, I, I have a um, several years ago we were at a um, a mission trip a conference thing, then and the speaker there was talking about student ministry, and he he has this quote that I still I use it all the time. Um, and uh, his name is Bobby Manning, and he had this quote. And he said, uh, "Real student ministry is happening when the students are the one doing the ministering." And I just always was like kind of blown away by that because because I think so often we can we can get to a place where um, we're running the show and it's kind of about our leadership and it's about like hey I'm gonna kind of make things happen um, and and I think I think there's obviously student pastors and and, and ministers out there who who have great uh, intangibles and they do great things and they can they can reach a lot of students. But I think the, the deeper impact comes when, when students are seeing other students stepping up and taking leadership and, and owning their faith and, um, and they're, they're um, given opportunities, right, to, 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 to use their giftings and passions within your own student ministry. And so I feel like you've always done a good job of, of uh, equipping students to be leaders um, and my question to you is what are some of your strategies when it comes to that? Like when it comes to getting students to, um, to step up and to, 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 to lean into some of their, their leadership opportunities. What's, what's some ways that you implement that and um, empower students to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, when I was a volunteer leader back in the day at yeah. Harvest for that decade, had such a great time there. Um, there wasn't any, leadership training that I got. I didn't have any sit downs where we sat down and talked through youth ministry, um, where we had different, uh, conversations about like how to be a better life group leader, how to do all this stuff. Like that just didn't happen. Main thing was just like teach the Bible and preach the Bible and, and lead people to Jesus. And, and there's so much you can do with that. It's great. Um, however, I remember over that period of time, like how many of those young adults fell out? Mm. Like how they didn't hang around yep. um, over time. Um, they went off on their own adventures. They went off and did their own things. They were so on fire for God, but they yeah. were just so immature. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that at the time, including me, so immature. <laughs> like we weren't strong because um, we didn't understand leadership. Yeah. And leadership is influence, right? And so we didn't understand what that meant. We just understood that being a leader was, oh, I'm making a difference or like I'm here to serve. 
it's like, well, that's every Christian. Right. Uh, leadership's different. Yeah. Because now leadership is helping somebody do something that they couldn't do on their own mm. and motivating and encouraging them and equipping them in a way that's going to get them to do those things that they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. Right. And so you're able to guide and direct them and lead them in that way. Yeah. And in the biblical way, it's leading them to become more like Jesus. So stepping up into opportunities that are in front of them. Yeah. So um, but here at MAG, um, I started an authentic student ministry because right. our mission statement has to do with being an authentic uh, follower of Jesus. Yeah. So we called it authentic uh, student leadership. Yeah. So being a part of authentic students is saying like, yes, I want to be a leader. I want to be... I, um, I want to be a, an example amongst the other students. I want to speak into that. I want to help them. I want to be able to uh, make a difference, and I want to be a part of our services. And so there's a leadership uh, strategy that's involved. Yeah. And the, the goal is is that in high school that they would be a part of our leadership team, and we would pour into them and invest in them. And through great partners like Leader Treks and Student Leadership University, right. we have resources that can help them and get them to the next level. Yeah. And um, our friends at Dowland Youth Ministry um, came yeah. through and were just like, yeah, we love this and we want to be able to help you guys, whatever. So, so many great resources out there that I've never heard about. Right. They're all ready to be passed on to the leaders. So my current leaders, like adult leaders and interns that I've had over the years here, we go through some of that stuff. We always have like a training and yeah. talk through things and we use Download Youth Ministry University for training so that helps equip them on all for all, all types of subjects, you right. know, for all situations. And it's great. But for the students specifically, um, it's about empowering them. Yeah. It's about giving them a voice. Yeah. And it's about giving them an opportunity. They may fail. But the fact is, is that you gave it to them to mm -hmm. give them the opportunity saying, hey, I believe in you. And it's incredible when you give a student an opportunity and they want it yeah. and they own it. And it, it becomes this thing like, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. And so here at Magnolia Students, uh, we've been able to do that with our last team. And four of those students graduated from student ministry, and all four of them want to become leaders in the student ministry. Yeah. So the goal is, is that we would raise up these students um, that really want it, that want to be a part of it, that want to be invested in it, and we pour into them, and we give them the tools that they need, and we lead them with a whole bunch of things to give them opportunities in our services and in our church. and doing different things, um, showcasing them on our social media, yep. uh, having them do different things with that. So that way they're constantly um, speaking into the things that are going on that um, they can do. Because some of the things they don't have the capacity to right. yet because they don't fully know or understand all of that, right? right. And same thing for our volunteers. Um, they're, you know, a parent and, and they're a teacher and, yeah. and they're a businessman and a woman, you know, or they're a firefighter, an officer, you know, and then they just volunteer their time. They don't really have all that time. Right. They have the ministry of presence, right? Like, hey, I'm going to be in your life. Love it. I'm a text message away. I'm a phone call away. Mm -hmm. I'm here to serve you, help you. So they're not, you don't have the capacity to do a lot more. But they're able to, like, be present. Yeah. And so with the students, they're able to be present a little more. And so they're able to do a couple of things. So on Wednesday nights, when we have MAG Worship Nights, that's what we call our Wednesday night service because it's all about worship. Mm. It's about focusing on God for that hour and a half, yeah. saying, you know what, I'm going to put all of my distractions aside and just focus on God and listen to Him and hear from Him and pray and worship right. and study His Word. And during those nights, we have students that give a testimony every night. So like Love God that. did something amazing in their life and they shared it with us. And was like, Hey, share that next Wednesday. So then in the service, they come up and they share it. And that's scary talking in front of people. Sure. Right. 
But when you're able to create that culture to where that's a normal thing to do, and that's what God calls us to do is to share, right? Yeah. We're supposed to put our light in the basket. Yeah. Um, we're supposed to let it shine. And we want to do that through the things God's doing in our lives. And if we can do it here in a safer place like a church, how much more bold could you get to the next step? Maybe sharing it in front of your friends at school or sharing it in your classroom or mm-hmm. sharing it in front of your team, you know, different things like that. So we've been able to have a strategic approach with the authentic student leadership which would then create leaders who would then give back to the ministry mm-hmm. after they graduate out of student ministry. They'd be able to serve in student ministry and they would know what it's all about and they would have the vision and the heart for it. Yeah. And then um, be able to find other students that are like them to yeah. join the authentic team so that way they can be able to be invested in. Because not everyone has time for it and not everyone wants to do it. Right. But there are certain students that they clearly have those leadership intangibles yeah. and they just don't know it. And so you go over to them and you let them know. And there's a little recruiting in that, but yeah. it's really saying the truth and saying, no, I truly believe in you. This is what I see. And I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, mm. but I think you'd be amazing if you were able to be a part of this because God wants to use you and he wants you to speak to these students and yeah. he wants you to make a difference in your church. Because it's one thing attending a service. It's another thing being a part of the service. Right. Totally. It's a, it's a totally different mindset. And I think it, I think in student ministry, um, when you are giving those students opportunities to like be a part of it, not just be spectators of it. I, I think statistics even show students who are already engaged in serving and doing those things when they graduate out of your student ministry, they already have a, a, a better grasp and are already connected in a, a deep, much deeper way that um, they have a better statistical chance that they're going to stay plugged in and stay connected and, you know, someone like you who gives them opportunities after they graduate to come back and be leaders, you're setting them up to be able to do those things. And that, I think that makes such a huge difference, um, in the trajectory of their, of their life, like where they may be headed. Yeah. Um, The testimonies have been one thing. We also make them, you know, um, uh, send us a video yeah. like as like hey it needs a little sec- 60 second uh, video just a short little devotional of encouragement we can yeah. post on social and it's like oh man like I gotta record myself and I gotta like make sure my words are right, right. and everyone's gonna see this You're you know right. there's a little anxiety <laughs> yeah. that starts pounding in their heart but in the end it's like wow I can I can do that yeah. and then they see like the impact it makes right. because they're like wow like a lot of people saw that and they were blessed by it yeah like, because all I did was to share what God's doing in my life. Right. Simple encouragement, but it goes yeah. such a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. What To, to kind of uh, stay on that topic of just student leadership, what, like, is there anything particular, like, key attributes you're looking at um, in some of those students? Or is there anything that just, like, really typically stands out, or is it so unique student to student? Um, or, or can you kind of, like, pinpoint something, like a, a few key attributes that... Yeah, there's a a few really key ones, and these are universal for all ages. Right. Um, So whether you're an adult or you're you know a teenager, it's universal all across the board. And number one is that they're faithful. Yeah. Um, you can never be a leader if you're not ever around. Mm. You can never be a leader if you're never around. So, Mm. um, we have students that come to just to some of our big events. Or we have people like in the church, right, that just come Christmas Easter only, right? right. We call them the CEO Christian, the joke that they only show up for the holidays. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you're not around, like there's no way for you to lead. 
right? Mm-hmm. So we look for students who have been faithful. Right. That's the first thing. Yeah. And that's the same thing when it comes to leadership, right? We're looking for people that are faithful, that we can entrust the ministry to, that are not going to burn the bridge, they're not going to drop the ball, they're not going to yeah. bail, you know, on everyone. Yeah. But they're gonna they're gonna be involved. Like they want they love the church, they love the ministry, they love the, they love who you are, they love everyone, and they want to be a part of it. But they just haven't known like what should I do? They haven't known how to ask the question. They haven't figured it out. So you become the one that comes up to them and says, Hey, I think you'd be great at this. I really see this in you. And, uh, we really believe in you. We want you to be a part of this. Um, when it comes to student leadership specifically, let alone just doing student things. Like the other part of the student leadership aspect is, uh, raising up our students to be Christian club presidents on their campuses. Okay. And so we've done that over the years here and that's been awesome. So they weren't part of student, uh, or authentic student ministry. Um, the authentic student team didn't exist, um, back in the day, you know, three Mm -hmm. or four years ago. So, um, what it was was just me doing one-on-one with certain students and getting them to lead on their campuses at a middle school or a high school and saying, it's this easy and I'll work with you and I'll make it happen. And, you know, we'll, we'll come alongside you and and help you in this. And all you have to do is just step up and say, here I am. And, uh, we'll be able to help you with that. And the fruit from that has been amazing because we've been able to go to campuses and share Christ with so many students and uh, lead them to the Lord. So I've been very blessed with that opportunity to do that. And so the faithful is a really key thing there. It's like, okay, these students, like they're in it, they're locked in, they love it here. They love us. They know what the church is about. Mm -hmm. And then you invite them in. The second thing with that is that you see that, um, these students want to go to the next level. Um, there's certain students that are not looking for the next step. They're not looking for the next level. They're yeah. just, you know, at a phase in their life where they haven't um, changed and they haven't really taken their faith to the next level or taken it serious enough. Right. And you don't really see the growth. And they're like, well, you're the same spot you were two years ago. Um, I think we need a little more growth here. I need to see a little more from you mm-hmm. um, to entrust you with these opportunities, right? right? I want to see that there's spiritual growth in your life. And so there's certain students that are ready to go to the next level because you see the growth in our life. Yeah. Like we have one student who just approached me and said, hey, I want to start this home Bible study with just the middle school girls. Very cool. And it's like a high school student. Can I do that? I'm like, absolutely, because I challenged all our students, like, who are you going to impact? Who are you going to mm-hmm. uh, reach out to? Um, we need to do more of this and be able to have community. Yeah. Um, but don't just rely on the youth pastor or the pastor of the right. church. Like, right. you can do this. You can actually host it yourself. Yeah. And they're going to do a Bible study at their house with a lot of our students. They want to invite them all over and do it. And I'm like, hey, if you get three students, that's a win. Yeah, Like, if you get eight students, that's a win. Like, (laughs) that's so cool that you want to do that, and we're here to fully support you in that. But we pushed that a little bit, and then that opportunity finally came where it's like, hey, I think I can do that. Yeah. And so that student's now taking that on, and you see that growth there. So now that student can take on more responsibilities and you can give them some things to do because you know they're going to come through because they're um, they're now fully locked in and really wanting to excel in their leadership. Yeah. So the capacity is there to take on more. So although there's places where you know this student's not going to work here, it's not going to work out because they're not ready yet, yeah. or there's other situations where it's like, well, they just, they're not going to be able to – to talk in front of people yet. They just, they need a little more right. uh, confidence, you know, maybe next year they'll be able to, to do this when they grow up a little more and, right. and get more comfortable. Um, you, you see those things pretty easily, but for most part, everybody, you're going to push them to go to that next level and you see that there's students that are ready for it yeah. and you're going to be able to get them there. Um, so those are two things that I've, I've really looked at is faithfulness, like seeing if they're faithful, yeah. 
going after those students that are faithful, saying, hey, you've been in it, you love it here, I want you to join the team. I think you can be a great leader and you can take on some responsibilities in our ministry, speak into our ministry. And then the other part of that is that there's certain students that need to go to the next level. Yeah. Like they have the leadership bug. Like yeah. they have the they have it in them and you know it and they just don't know it yet. And mm. you push them to do it. And we had a student that did that and he started preaching on Sunday mornings wow. all, to all the students. It yeah. was really cool because I said, hey, you got the gift of teaching. I clearly see that. Mm. Have you ever thought about teaching students? Whoa, like everyone? I'm like, yeah, I want you to do it. Uh, I, I don't know, you yeah. know, I, are you sure? And I'm like, absolutely. And I was like, I think you could totally do it. And he killed it. Yeah. So he got to have um, a rotation of doing that multiple times um, in his junior year. It was really cool to see that yeah. growth because he just needed to go to the next the right. next step in his faith because he was um, growing in such a way where that was natural for him as he was helping out with his Christian club out of school and stuff mm-hmm. too. So it's just a blessing to see those things happen. Yeah. And um, when he graduated high school, I took a picture of him when he was teaching of the student and I printed it out as like a postcard mm-hmm. and I put it in his uh, card that I gave him uh, for his graduation. And I said, don't ever forget you have the gift of teaching. So whatever you go for college, whatever you do later in life, make sure you teach God's word mm-hmm. to people because you're going to change lives. Yeah. And still this day, he's just like, thank you for that because that like really encourages me that I could do ministry yeah. as I get older. Yeah. And that's what you're saying, setting them up, launching them well, trying your best to help them move forward. Right. Yeah. I love that so much. And uh, yeah. And again, I, I just uh, as an outsider um, looking into your ministry, I, I just appreciate um, your intentionality with all of that of of seeing uh, students who are faithful and saying like, hey, come on, we can we can we can always take another step in um, in the way that we uh we lead or teach or show or just be an example of uh, what God's called us to. And then seeing students who are like, I, here's another level. They, I can, I can just speak into them of, of saying like, Hey, they're, they're faithful already. And they have some, they've shown some leadership stuff, but like, here's another level that we can take them. And, and again, you, you do just such a great job of, of putting resources in their hands and giving them opportunities. And um, so it's amazing, amazing to see. Um, Want to wrap up uh, our conversation? Um, we're we're in such unprecedented times um, with pandemics and political craziness and um, social justice issues and everything else um, that we're facing. We're we're currently uh, uh, in fire season in um, California. Know. Every all of the California is on, is fi- like on, on fire. fire. Yeah, um, and just man, it's just such crazy times and, and everyone's facing them. Um, but specifically to youth ministry culture, obviously you've had to, over the last six months, you've had to adapt. You've had to grow, um, in certain areas to be able to, to continue to reach students and evangelize to students and, and, uh, model to them what it means. We've had to make these adjustments over six months and, as you as you look forward into the maybe the next year, the next two years, somewhere in that that uh, I would call it a short window of time, mm-hmm. where do you see uh, youth ministry going? Um, maybe where does youth ministry need to go? What are some positive things that you see coming out of this crazy season? Uh, and then what are what do you see as maybe some challenges that we're definitely going to be up against when it comes to youth youth ministry? Yeah, that's a great question, yeah. and 
Uh, let's call Sean McDowell. Oh, he know. can answer I all know. our questions right, right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love Sean. Um, always talking about worldview. And I think that's where I'm going to start is actually okay. with, the, with the challenge, like the negative here, is um, wokeism is going to be the new gospel mm. the, or the new false gospel. Mm. And Gen Z, the younger generation, is influenced by it so much because they haven't experienced a lot of the things that previous generations like you or me right. and those that have gone before us have experienced in their life. Right. Their life has technically been pretty pretty easy and kind of like a cakewalk in a lot of ways sure. because of how things have progressed. Although many will say we haven't progressed enough, right. that's where this comes in. And it becomes very, very fitting. If you don't know what wokeism is, it's mm. basically jumping onto the social justice world and that everything has some type of problem and it's all united back to something that's a social justice issue of racism, feminism, right. you know, misogynistic stuff where it's a sexist, you know, it's right. uh, gender indifference and it's uh, against this religion, against that religion, against this moral lifestyle, that moral lifestyle, all that stuff. And so we have to be accepting of everyone and we have to be loving of everyone and, mm. and we have to uh, approve of everyone and, and not show any judgment in everyone. But just like the Oscars say, uh, we're tolerant of everyone's view except those of you who disagree with us. Yeah, <laughs> and so <right. laughs> what's going to happen is wokeism yep. is going to be the biggest combated uh, issue and challenge of youth ministry and the church, but yep. specifically in youth ministry um, because there isn't any solid answers out there. We have a culture that is so hypocritical we have a culture that is full of so much fake news. Mm. We have um, so much online bullying, and we have tons of anarchy going on right now and just a lot of godlessness that's out there. Yep. And so when people just do what's right in their own eyes, as the book of Judges says, mm. um, bad things happen. And so there was a sense of, of wokeism in the book of Judges with Israel who wanted to do what was right in their own eyes and wanted to be like these other nations, these mm -hmm. other godless nations, and not have God in their nation, right, forgetting about God. And so there's this cycle of sin right. and judgment and problems after problems that happen because they forgot God. They forgot about truth. They forgot about his morals and his mm -hmm. commandments and his law. And so what ends up happening is they want to be like them, and so they change their beliefs to fit and accommodate the culture, mm. and destruction happened to Israel. So God raised up judges, these prophets who would preach the truth right. to remind them to turn back to God. And we're really in that series of events right now where this cycle of sin is happening over mm. the last four or five years with certain organizations, and some have gotten pretty extreme. And so this is going to be a huge challenge for youth ministry, and it has to be addressed. But it has to be addressed with truth and grace. Right. And so that's the big thing that I see as a huge challenge is that how are we going to address those issues when it comes to social justice and fully understanding it from a biblical context and dealing with all of the cultural issues that are going on in a place where we've removed God from so much to right. where people are really just doing whatever is right in their own eyes, or as Roman says, giving into their passions of their flesh, yeah. uh, giving, their, giving their passions over to whatever they desire. And so now that you just, there's no checks and balances because we've removed God from so much in our mm -hmm. culture when our country was founded on God. That's always going to be a wedge and always going to be a hard thing. 
Uh, so I definitely see that as a huge challenge over the next few years, especially sure. after this election that we're going to have in 2020, regardless of who becomes president. Right. Um, this is going to continue to intensify. And uh, social media is going to be another challenge. Um, social media has already revealed that it causes more anxiety than joy. Mm. And we know that it causes so much disillusion mm. um, that it causes people to start you know, not corresponding to reality with the way that they live their lives and the things that they believe and say. Uh, they would never do that in person, right? But they would do it online. So right. people are living in a, in really a, a virtual reality mm. as it is instead of a, a physical reality where we're at. So social media is always going to become like a very hard thing to balance out. And some parents are catching on to that and right. making sure their kids don't have it till later. Yeah. But social media is becoming more of a, Instead of a tool to keep everyone connected and to have friends, it's actually becoming more of propaganda. Yep. And that's what's going to make it harder um, as uh, we move forward is how do we use social media the right way? And so parents are going to need to have wisdom on that. Students are going to need to have wisdom on that. Youth ministries are going to need to have wisdom on that. Mm. I believe we do a really good job of trying to stay positive and to uh, show the things that God is doing. Uh, right. Photography, you know, videos, all that stuff is capturing God at work, right? Yeah. Um, I'm posting that stuff because there's plenty of negative stuff that's out there with right. what's going on in our world. So that's going to be a huge challenge just in the culture because all of that is a big mix-up of everything that's going on in our culture. Mm. Um, when it comes to the positive movements and things going on, I see us all going to some form of digital ministry. Okay. So now youth ministry is going to be more accessible than ever. Yeah. Um, before, you would have to come to the church to be a part of youth ministry, but now it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be streaming on different yeah. services. And so churches are going to have youth ministries available online. Yeah. So there's going to be a, a, a fidgetal experience <laughs> where you're going to be physical and digital okay. at the same time. Yeah. So for us, we're we've turned that when the pandemic hit and said, okay, we're going online and we're doing all of our stuff through our YouTube channel. And uh, we have a new segment that we're doing called Mag TV. We're yep. putting out weekly content of different things. And that's just to stay engaged through the, uh, what Brady Shear uh, from Ch Pro Church Tools talks about. He says the 167, like the Monday through Saturday, like how do you stay connected? Mm. And so just putting out micro content, you know, smaller content instead of like 40 minute service, right. an hour service. Um, putting out just some content that keeps them engaged, something that's really easy they can share with their friend, yeah. um, where they can just click on it, copy link, and text it, and they can send it to somebody so they can learn about God. Yeah. And so I see that exploding. Yeah. I see some churches doing an amazing job with that. Yeah. It helps facilitate so much where small groups become that much greater because everyone is engaged at the same time mm -hmm. um, where they can watch the video and then they can have the hangout time and they can have the fellowship time and go through questions and stuff yeah. instead of making the, each leader have to do it. Uh, the whole thing, like there can be some unity in that, but the accessibility issue is the huge plus. Mm -hmm. And I love that we've gone digital and youth ministry is more accessible now yeah. than ever before. Um, another positive thing I see in the next uh, couple of years is that there, there is going to be this uh, longing for community um, that the church can only truly provide. Mm. Because we've lost a sense of community during the pandemic, Yeah, and everyone's just like dying to be with their friends, dying to get back to how it used to be. Right. We, we know that we're not supposed to be isolated and alone, uh, that we are yeah. created to be with other people. And so there's going to be this longing for community. Now, the church has to be ready for that. Yeah. If the church isn't ready to have community, right, I don't know what's going on at that church, right? Right. So we have to have events where community can happen. Yeah. So when you have like a giant block party 
LA is looking at like canceling fourth. Uh, what is it like? They cancel Fourth of July, right? and now they're gonna cancel Halloween. Like trick or treating, you can't go trick or treat or whatever, right? So there's community in that, right? So here at the church, we do like this giant block party. I don't know if we're gonna be able to do it this year though. Mm-hmm. But why do we do that event? Well, we do that event for community. We want to invite the community here. We want to connect with the community here. We want to meet students. We want to meet families. We want to have a good time. And we want you to know that we're here for you. And if there's a little way of like how to build community, right? Of course. Well, the youth ministry world, like students are just longing for this. Right. And we have to be ready for it. So when we get back to this uh, way of life, how it used to be, where we would gather together and fellowship with one another, Mm. like we got to have strategic ways of making sure that we're ready to embrace that need for community. Mm. There's going to be a huge need for that, and everyone's going to be looking for it in the wrong places. We need to be ready for it so they can see it in the right place. I and I see that coming very quickly because I've already seen it in my in my ministry here when we started in person. Yeah, We have people who are just flocking here um, from uh, – from years past, maybe they haven't been around, and now they're here because they're just like, oh, man, my kids haven't been able to do anything for a long time, and they're showing up. Um, we have other churches, right, where they're actually open, and there's people going to those churches because mm-hmm. they're open because they're longing for the community because yeah. they're not ha- able to maybe have it at their facility or they have just limitations. So I see that happening big time, and we have to be ready for that. Yeah. And that's such a positive, amazing thing because a culture that's been isolated, dying to be with others um, – the church is like the best place for that. Yeah. So we have to be excited about that positivity, knowing that community is coming around the corner and we have to be ready to grasp it. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, I so appreciate your time and, um, and wisdom and, and sharing, uh, the things that you're, you're doing in your ministry and modeling in your ministry. And, um, and we hope that's what this podcast is about is, is hearing from people who are, who are doing the ministry and doing it, uh, doing it correctly, and um, and uh, and we just want to be an encouragement to other student ministry pastors or students who are um, who are in that place of like wanting to go to another level, and hopefully things you hear throughout these conversations, um, again, is just that it's an encouragement to you and uh, and maybe a way to inspire you um, to to reach this generation and future generations to come for the gospel of Jesus. And so uh, RJ, so appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for being such a great friend. Um, and, uh, just a co-laborer and ministry for the gospel of Jesus. And, um, yeah. Um, any, any last words that you just want to share just in general of, of, um, of, of where, again, you hope, I know you, you shared a little bit of, of some positive things that you, you see coming out of this pandemic, but just maybe, uh, last words of of some hope or encouragement to to other student ministry pastors out there. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for having me on. It's been so great yeah. to connect with you guys over the years, and yeah. now to continue to do ministry together and be a part of this podcast is such an honor, man. Yeah. Really love it. Um, God's shown me all these things, so whatever uh, comes out of this, you know, may God use it and bless those people that are listening. We're so grateful that you guys are tuning in to this podcast because there's going to be so many great conversations yeah. coming up. So make sure you subscribe to it. Um, the thing I would encourage all of you to do if you're a youth worker right now is that when you look at your life and you look at your calling and you look at everything that's going on in this world, there's only one thing that matters to God in the end. Mm. And it's that if you were faithful, mm. he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You now may enter into the kingdom, right? Like, that's the point is that it's not about the numbers. Mm-hmm. It's not about 
all of the, the status or the popularity that you get. It's not about your accomplishments, any type of uh, accolades, anything like that. Those things will come. Um, but the main thing is being faithful. And right now it is really testing a lot of people mm-hmm. about being faithful because when uh, a pandemic hits, when uh, 9-11 happened, right? Like when just huge life-altering, right. world-changing events happen, um, it tests your character. Mm-hmm. And God is trying to show us all right now to be faithful. You may only have six students in your ministry, mm-hmm. but if you had 600, would you still be faithful, right? Yeah. Like, so whether you have six, sixty, six hundred, six thousand, 6,000, um, would you be faithful and pour into them the same energy, the same um, commitment, the, the same passion um, to all of those students that God has entrusted you? Because God has given you those students. Yeah. Uh, you haven't been given those students by your own willpower, <laughs> strength, or in influence. God has officially given them to you to steward yeah. and to help them. And and that's a, a terrifying thing, yeah. but also a very big blessing. Yeah. And when we look at it as faithfulness, like you've done your part and you leave the rest up to God because God's the one working behind the scenes. God's the one that's working in their family. God yeah. is the one working in their school. Um, but you've been faithful and you've taught them the word of God and you've prayed for them and you've modeled how it looks to be an authentic follower of Jesus. Um, that's what God wants you to do with your life. Yeah. And so there's moments when you're not going to have enough kids that sign up for camp and you're bummed out and you Mm. say, oh, man, I only got 20 kids or I only got 10 kids. Well, those are your 20. Those are your 10. And you're going to do everything you can with them. Jesus had 12 Mm -hmm. and it literally changed the world. So I have to constantly remind myself of that because we live in a culture that's completely opposite of that with a business mindset, with with an entrepreneur mindset. And the ministry is the opposite of that, right? Yeah. The first shall be last and the last mm-hmm. shall be first. So if you're a youth worker out there, I just want to encourage you to be faithful. Yeah. And not worry about the numbers, not worry about all those other things. Because if you are faithful and you work hard, then you're going to see those results. And God's going to continue to use you. Like for myself, I don't post on social media to be like, wow, look at what Pastor RJ is mm-hmm. doing and look at all this stuff. No, I post on social media what God is doing yeah. so people can rejoice in it and they can see the work of God and what he's doing in our lives. It has nothing to do with me. And the more you know me, the more you know that for yeah. sure. Right. Um, but in your own life, think about it. Like, what are you showing to others? How are you using your life um, to be faithful? And then you're going to see those results happen naturally. Like, God's going to use you and work in your life. So that's how I would encourage you um, as a youth worker is, and all our friends here in the ministry is just be faithful to what's in front of you, right? If God just gives you a stick and says, make fire with it, Mm -hmm. you need to make fire with just that stick, Mm -hmm. right? You just got to make it happen and say, you know what? I'm going to do ministry with whatever God's given me and make it the best I can with the the time and availability that I have. Because I tell my students, and we talked about this with leadership, is um, it's not about your um, abilities. It's about your availability. Yeah. Love that. And so if you're available, like God's not going to use you to do stuff. And so if you're going to be committed to serving and making a difference with students and teenagers, um, that requires time and that requires dedication and sacrifice, just like it does for any ministry. But with students, you're not going to see the fruit right away. Mm -hmm. You you might get a little little bit here, a little (laughs) bit there, and you're just like, oh my gosh, they're actually listening to me, you know, or they actually brought their Bible for the first time to church. I've been telling them for a year. Um, Things like that happen. 
But what you have to do is just be faithful and know that God's word doesn't come back void. Yeah. And as I started talking about my story, they made me memorize John three sixteen in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that over a decade later, that verse would come back to play in my life and it would actually make sense. Mm-hmm. And it would change the trajectory of my entire destiny of where I was headed. Yeah. So God's good. Just be faithful with what's in front of you and God will lead you and direct you in his footsteps. Love that. It's a good word. Uh, just an encouragement to all you youth uh, pastors, leaders. Um, just be faithful. Be faithful to what God has has given you. And, um, and uh, yeah, hopefully you, you are encouraged by this conversation. Thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode of this uh, new Pondo podcast and the youth ministry uh, kind of corner that we're co- covering. And uh, we hope you guys will check us out again when we come back. Thank you guys so much. Have a good day.